Welcome to the Ingachi Trust Podcast with your host, Kitch Cooper. And I don't really know why I'm recording right now. Um, I actually don't have anything planned, but I just felt like the Holy Spirit just wanted me to record. <laughs> so um, I'm actually very nervous right now because I don't know where this is going to go. <clears throat> there is no plan. There is no notes. Um, he just said, you need to record right now. Or at least that's what it felt like he said to do. I don't know. Sometimes um, I think I hear the Holy Spirit, and then I start overthinking, and then I'm like, wait, did I actually hear him? Did I not hear him? Am I hearing myself? Like, what am I hearing? Um, So hopefully I'm doing, (laughs) I don't know, hopefully I'm doing the right thing. Um, So yeah, we're just going to, I'm just going to talk and we're going to see where this goes. You are on this rodeo with me. Um, We're going to (laughs) see what happens. Um, So, yeah. I hope you guys have had a really good start to your new year. And um, thank you for listening in every week. I really appreciate it. Um, The podcast just keeps growing and it's just very amazing to me that um it keeps growing sometimes I am like surprised (laughs) honestly that um people actually actually subscribe to listening to me um sometimes I feel like I'm too serious and then other times I feel like I'm a complete dork on here um but you know I just kind of say whatever comes to mind and sometimes that's a good thing I think I, I was raised by two parents who were like pretty black and white people like, oh, you know, this is um, this is how it is or whatnot. And um, my mom always said uh, when I was growing up, it's just better just to be honest than to lie and have to dig yourself out of it. And so I just kind of say whatever's on my mind. And sometimes that's gotten me in trouble. Other times it hasn't. But I think that you know, now that I've gotten older and I kind of know how to put a filter on things and I know how to say things in a different way than I, you know, used to when I was, I don't know, say 17, 18 years old. Um, you know, I've, I've been able to learn how to talk with a little bit more couth and, you know, put a filter on things. But, um, yeah, I've, I've just always been kind of upfront and, um, forthright about things and just, I'm, I'm, I'm very rarely embarrassed because I embarrass myself on such a regular basis that it's just normal to me now. Um, you know, I have like some super embarrassing stories, um, of just, you know, things I did. And, um, so I'm just very, it takes a lot to embarrass me now. (laughs) So, um, I, I, I'm just like, you know, I've had some people be like, why are you just so honest? Or, you know, why do you just kind of say whatever comes out? And I'm like, well, how, how else is there to be? Right. Um, and usually I'm, I'm like honest in a way about like things that I've done or certain things that I've said. Um, and so, you know, just like being on here, I think I said this, uh, not last week, but the week before, um, I'm never going to get on here and just like pretend to know something when I actually don't, I'm not smart enough to do, (laughs) to do that, to be honest. Um, you know, I'm never going to pretend that I, I know, um, what I'm doing because I don't, um, sometimes your guess is as good as mine with this whole life and faith thing. So anyways, um, but the Holy spirit was like, just, just now he's like, you need to, you need to be transparent about what you're feeling right now. <laughs> and um, so I guess that's where we're going with this. Um, I, the, a lot of times people look at me and, you know, I'm always giggly and smiling and happy and, you know, all the, all the fun things. And normally I am. Um, and I, I have a passion for Jesus and I have a passion for the Lord. Um, but lately I don't. <laughs> um, and it's not that I don't love him. Don't get me wrong. Um, I go through these phases and it's really annoying. And maybe you guys can um, relate. Um, I will go through these phases where I am just so on fire 
for the Lord. And, um, I, like I, I would kick down a wall and move to another country just to tell everyone about Jesus. And I can't read enough about him or I can't be in worship enough about him or like, you know, I just go through these phases where I just can't get enough and I'm just so on fire for Jesus. And then I get into phases like one where I, where I'm fighting against now where I just don't, I want to just sit on the couch and just scroll through Instagram all day. Or I, um, I just want to binge one more episode of a TV show instead of putting it down and going to my Bible. Or, um, you know, I'll come, like, I'll come across a video about God and I just kind of don't want to hear about it and I'll just kind of scroll. And it's really frustrating to me because I'm just like, why is it that I go through these phases where I'm so on fire for the Lord and I'm, I'm so gung-ho and then I, I go through like these, these phases where I'm just kind of, um, like on a, like, like kind of being like on a treadmill where I'm just walking and walking and walking, but I'm not really going anywhere. And that's just kind of like where I feel like I am right now. And I, I hate it. And it's like, I, 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 I push past and I still, you know, read my word every day. Um, and you know, that always seems to really help kind of get me out of a funk. Um, but like sometimes I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say something and it's going to sound really, really awful. (laughs) Um, and then I'm going to kind of explain what I mean by it. But like, sometimes I think that it would be easier if I wasn't a Christian. And I know that that's like deep down, that's not true, but sometimes it feels like my flesh just comes back swinging, that it wants to take over so badly. And sometimes, you know, it's a, it's an easy fight for me to win over my flesh. And then sometimes um, it just comes back swinging and it comes with a baseball bat to the head sometimes where it just really kind of knocks me down. And, you know, sometimes it just <clears throat> seems like sometimes it would be easier if I didn't know Christ, because some, like, I'm just going to be very transparent. Sometimes I miss certain things in my old life. And I, I know this probably sounds really horrible. You're probably like, I don't know why I listened to this girl on the podcast. She's supposed to be helping me get closer to God. And she's talking about this stuff right now. I'm just being really honest. And if you're one of those Christians that just never doubts your faith or like never goes through like these weird valleys or these l- weird funks in your faith, please tell me what you do in order to, to, you know, stay up all the time. Um, but sometimes I just really have to fight. Um, I have to fight my old self. And I, it kind of reminds me when I first started losing weight. So I, I got pretty heavy for my size. I'm very short. Like I talked about a couple weeks ago, I am a hobbit, right? I'm only five feet tall. I am very short. Um, and so um, I started putting on a lot of weight when I was around 21, 22. Um, and that's just because... Um, I, I've had a body that like I look at cheesecake and gain weight, <clears throat> right? I don't even have to eat it. I just look at it, think about it, and poof, the weight kind of comes on. And um, I also got, you know, I've been pretty open about my past life. You know, I got heavy into alcohol and I drank every weekend and not just like had like a glass sometimes, like every weekend it was like drinking heavily every weekend. And so alcohol just kind of put on the pounds for me. And I got to a point where, um, like a lot of people were kind of like, you're looking unhealthy, dude. And, um, before anyone starts getting mad at those people, like we have to stop. I like making an idol out of, um, this whole like, um, body, positivity stuff because sometimes when we're overly positive about something that's actually unhealthy it's it's breeding disease I was definitely in a spot where I was not healthy um and I could feel it I could feel it in my knees I could feel it in my back 
I could kind of feel it everywhere. Um, but I just didn't want to recognize it. I was not ready. I still wanted to drink all the time. I still wanted to eat all the cake. I've had, I have a massive sweet tooth and that's something I still even struggle with today. Right. I mean, I told you guys as a kid, I used to chug maple syrup out of the bottle. Right. And so I just remember, um, I just wasn't quite ready. Everyone was telling me like, Hey, you know, like you're, you're not looking healthy you've, we've, we're noticing that, you know, you've put on quite a bit of weight. Um, we just, we just think that maybe there's, you know, is there something mentally that you're going through? You know, we also notice that you're at the bar a lot, like what's going on. And, um, so I just remembered one day I was at work and this was back when I used to still teach at a school. Um, but they were doing some sort of like video thing and they were in my classroom and I was bending over and I was helping a kid. And like in the video, I just like finally saw for like with myself how big I had gotten. Like I had seen it on the scale and I had noticed that I had gone up several pant sizes and that um, my face was definitely rounder. And, you know, I just, I was not looking healthy, but um, it just didn't click with me. Like I just didn't see it. Like I saw it but I didn't see it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but you're probably like, uh, okay, where is this going? But um, when I finally saw that video, I finally saw it. And I was like, oh my gosh. I finally saw like what the the weekends of drinking did to my body. And I, I finally saw what all of the unhealthy food and like the binging and stuff um, was had done to my body. And it had, um, I had put on like 35 pounds um, and like I said, for, for somebody that's really, really short, 35 pounds is like 75 pounds on somebody who's, you know, four or five inches taller. Right. So it, it, it's, it was quite a bit of weight and I, I had had a lower back injury in high school and it just really hurt. My back was always hurting. It was just because the weight around my gut was constantly pulling on that old injury. And then my knees hurt and my ankles hurt and like everything hurt. Um, but I didn't, you know, really understand how unhealthy I was. And so I went to my other friend's classroom and uh, she was a, an avid CrossFitter and she had, you know, just, she was just, she still is. She is just built. She is so muscular. <laughs> she is so strong. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I want to look like that. Like she's built, she's got shoulders, she's got arms. She's definitely got abs, right? just super, super built person, very athletic. And I just really respected her. And so I went into her classroom and I asked her, I was just like, Hey, can you tell me about like this whole CrossFit thing? I looked up videos online, but like they, these people look super fit and I just don't, I, there's no way I can do that. And she's like, yeah, don't, don't go to the YouTube videos and you know, look at that. She's like, Hey, just come try out a class. And I was like, okay, which class are you going to go to? <laughs> and I think she said it was like the 430 class or something like that. And I had reached out to the coach like a couple months prior. But once again, I just wasn't quite ready. But I finally saw it and it finally clicked in my head. Like, I need to do something. You know, my doctors are like, you're going to have diabetes. You're going to have heart problems. Like, it runs in your family. Like, you need to get control of this. And so, um, you know, think whatever you want to about CrossFit. It was, it was something that I needed. I had tried spin classes. I had tried Zumba. I tried yoga. I had tried all of this stuff, you know, and I just didn't like any of it. And so I went to a class, my very first class. And I remember, um, I don't remember much, but at my very first class, I was introduced to the wall ball and that those are awful. It's a weighted ball and you squat and then you throw it in the air to this like nine foot target and then you have to catch it and squat. You just keep throwing it for a certain amount of reps. And um, I just remember I had to modify the the workout so much and I had to drop weight, which is really good because I had really good coaches that they're like, I don't care how much you want to lift. You're going to, we're going to make sure that you have good technique first. We're going to build a good foundation so you're not constantly getting injured. And I just remembered thinking I am more out of shape than I ever thought, but I, I was hooked. That was like the one class that I needed. It was so great. And everyone was so encouraging and so welcoming. And then I just hit this spot of just pure passion and motivation. And, you know, I started with three days a week and then I added four and, you know, then I added five and, I just, I was just gung ho and that motivation and that, you know, that determination just 
drove me to keep going. And, um, like in, in my first year, I think I lost like 20 pounds or something like that made huge, um, like amazing jumps. And then I just started noticing that I was kind of hitting a plateau where I was just, um, just kind of staying stagnant. Like I was still going to classes. I was still working out, but, um, the weight wasn't coming off. I wasn't really putting on muscle and I just kind of hit like this, like I said, just kind of, you feel like you're, you're doing the thing, but you're not going anywhere. And, you know, I kind of talked to my coach and he was like, well, how's your nutrition? And I was like, well, uh, it hasn't really changed much since I started. I, I was still, you know, eating out. I was still going to the bar frequently. Um, but, you know, my body just wasn't used to the exercise. And so when I added in the exercise, I was, I was losing weight. But then eventually my body got used to the exercise. And so I was going nowhere if I wasn't, um, you know, kind of checking in what my food was doing. And so he's like, that's where you need to start. He's like, if you want to see more progress, he's like, you need to focus on your nutrition. And he looked at me, he says, you cannot outwork a bad diet, which means like, it doesn't matter how many times you come into the gym, if what you're fueling your body with and what you're putting in your body is still bad, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. Your body's still not going to, to make progress. And so little by little, I started changing things in my diet, um, Some people can just like quit things cold turkey. I am not one of those people, right? And so I just started tweaking little things here or there, you know, just choosing the healthier options when I went through McDonald's or whatever. And then um, I started meal prepping breakfasts and I just started with breakfasts. And then I started meal prepping breakfasts and lunches. And then it turned into, I started meal prepping every single thing. And that's where I really started noticing the weight finally started coming off. And it was really good. And I just kind of kept with it. And I was like, this is great. This is great. And then um, I just like, I kind of hit another place where I was just like, you know what? I haven't had cake in months. So I'm going to have a piece of cake. And then I, I dove into like, I think this thick piece of chocolate fudge cake and it was delicious. And then um, as soon as I ha- started eating that cake again, I was like, well, I, I've been really good. I can have a cookie. Oh, you know, like one cookie's not going to kill me. You know, maybe I'll have two. And then I started going back into this. Well, they can eat whatever they want. So I should be able to eat whatever I want. I mean, I'm doing this. And so then I kind of got back into that rhythm of like treating myself too much or cheating on my diet or not really focusing on what I put in my body. And then I, I stopped meal prepping and I kind of slid back and I started gaining weight again, even though I was working out and like I've gone through these up and down, up and down, up and downs. And, um, I mean, even now I'm like on a, I'm, I'm working with a nutrition coach and, you know, putting on muscle and taking off fat and stuff like that. But I've noticed like I go through these up and downs, even with like nutrition and even with working out. And, you know, sometimes it's like that with our faith that, you know, we start to hit a plateau and then we know that there are these like little things that we, that we have to tweak in order to continue to rise. And, um, sometimes my flesh doesn't want to tweak those things. Like there are certain parts of me that are dying that I, that it, it would be easier if I, if I wasn't, you know, crucifying my flesh and like sometimes following Jesus is really hard for me. For some people, you might be able to just follow Jesus and never look back. But um, sometimes my flesh or the world or the devil um, really come back hard for me. Like they really come back hard for me. And um, sometimes... I think it would be easier if I just um, was ignorant to the things of Christ because I used to be able to sin without knowing what I was doing was wrong, right? I used to be able to go to the bar and get obliterated every single weekend and it it didn't feel wrong to me. Or I, um, 
I, I could outcuss a sailor and it wouldn't feel wrong to me. Now I say one bad word and my spirit is so convicted or, um, you know, I, I, I rarely drink anymore. Um, but you know, a couple months ago I, I went out with a girlfriend and, you know, just said, Hey, you know, I'll just, I'll have one and, um, ended up having more than I said I was going to. And, you know, I didn't get nuts, you know, I was still, you know, within my right mind. Um, but I just put myself in an environment where my old self started slowly coming back. Right. Um, and then I just felt the Holy Spirit just convict me like that's, you know, that's not who I call you to be. And, um, and I, I just feel whenever I get convicted by the Holy Spirit, I just feel it in my gut. And um, like I said, I, I say one curse word now um, on accident or, you know, sometimes on purpose. And I just feel that, that immediate conviction. And, you know, now I can't, I can't watch the shows that I used to be able to watch. Or I can't watch the movies that I used to be able to watch. Um, you know, I'll, I'll start watching a movie and um, for me, um, I cannot watch sex scenes anymore without getting convicted by the Holy Spirit because he, he knows of the life that I used to live. And if, I, if I'm constantly feeding my body those kinds of scenes, that I, it's going to be a lot easier for me to just slip right back into that way of life. But like now, you know, if I, if I put on a movie that I, I've been looking forward to seeing and then all of a sudden he tells me to turn it off, to be honest, it makes me mad. Because I'm like, why can't I, you know, why can't I just still be a Christian and still be able to, you know, to do this and like not have to struggle with it? Why is it that I, I no longer get to do these things anymore? And, you know, I, I feel sometimes like I'm just a fuddy-duddy and sometimes I just, I've turned, you know, I've, I've turned into the Christians I used to, to, I used to make fun of, you know, like now some people look at me and they think I'm a freak or like they think that I'm like brainwashed or all of this stuff. And I'm like, why is it that I can't, I can't do these things anymore. And sometimes that makes me mad and I'm just being real. And I like it, I used to be able to sin with no recognition that it was sin. And I know that was my, that was the time before I had given my heart over to Christ. And that's why it says we're dead in sin is because we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're saying. We don't know what we're doing to ourselves. We don't know. And I know in my spirit, I know in my heart that I am freer in Jesus. Absolutely. But sometimes that flesh just comes back and goes, are you sure? Are you sure? Why don't you come dabble in it again and make sure? And there are days where I have to fight myself harder than I would like to admit. And I'm, I'm, I'm really tired of people in the church telling people, oh, if you accept Christ, everything's going to be hunky-dory. You're never going to have to worry again. You won't have to deal with this. You won't have to deal with that, yada, yada. And it's true, but sometimes, like, it's not. We, we've painted a picture to people, and it's wrong, and it's disgusting that we've done this as, like, as a church, is we've painted a picture that if you give your life to Christ, it is one big vacation. <sighs> and it's not. Yes, there is peace and yes, there is joy, but can we please start talking about the days where you don't want to follow Christ? Can we please start having open conversations of, I still deal with lust. I still deal with gossip. I still want to cuss out the lady in the, in the grocery line because she was rude to me. Can we please start talking about what it actually means to follow Christ? And sometimes it feels like it sucks. Sometimes it feels like it would be easier for me to go down to a bar and drink the night away 
when I feel sad or depressed. That's what I used to do. When I was sad or depressed or lonely, I'd call up a couple girlfriends, go out to a bar, I'd drink the night away, I'd get hit on by by men and I'd allow them to treat me like complete dirt and like a complete toy. But to me, it, it just kind of made me not think about how I truly felt. It, it, it got to cover up the truth. It gave me this false happiness or this false joy. But at least sometimes it was joy. And I'm, 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 not, I'm not trying to say that, oh, yeah, go for it. You know, just do you. That's not what I'm saying at all. But sometimes the fight to, to crucify my flesh feels like I am literally in a, in a cage with a gladiator with weapons and armor, and I'm, I'm pretty much stonk naked, and I have no, no weapon. And I know that's not true, because as long as I have Christ, I have a weapon. But sometimes that fight against my flesh is so stinking hard. And I feel like we need to be more transparent about it in our local church, in the Big C church, that Sometimes this is what it means to suffer for Christ. And then I also like go through times. Sorry, I'm starting to cry. Sometimes I I just wonder when I'm going to get it all together. Sometimes I'm just like, Lord, why do I keep going through these highs and lows? It's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't love Jesus. And it makes me mad that I hit these, these lows and these funks where I, I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to pray. I don't want to worship. And that sometimes it just feels like there is something trying to pull me away from it. And then I have to fight it. And then it makes me feel like I'm a bad Christian. That it makes me feel like like everyone else gets it, but I still struggle. Like, when am I going to figure it out? And... This is a lie that the the devil tells me all the time. It's like, you'll be happier if you do it your own way. And then if you even just kind of look back your own way, he goes, sinner. Can't believe you did that. Can't believe you even thought those things. How could you? And this this is what the devil has been doing to me a lot lately. And I'm so sick of it. And, um, and I, I am stronger in my faith now that I know that it's a lie and I know what's a trap and I know what he's trying to do. But sometimes I feel so bad about myself for, for even, um, for even letting it bother me. You know, like I know that he's trying to set a trap for me. And I know um, he wants me, um, he wants me to turn away from Jesus and he, and he's trying his hardest in order to do so. Um, but it, it makes me mad that sometimes that like that I almost fall for it again. And, you know, I, there are things that the Lord has put on my heart to change and I'm trying to change them. Um, and then if I act, if I, if I do it by either by accident or even on purpose, and then I'm immediately convicted, I just, I beat myself up over it. Um, and for as long as I can remember, people have told me I'm too hard on myself. Um, and I know that it's, it's the heart and it's not the works, 
but there's still something in me um, that there's still some religious baggage on me that makes me think I have to work my way for it. That if I, if I just, if I didn't say that curse word, I would have been a better Christian. If I, if I didn't, you know, sarcastically joke about something inappropriate, I'd be a better Christian, you know? And it's like, the more that I get closer to Christ, the more that I realize I am so unworthy. The more I, I, I read my Bible and the more that I know, the more I realize I don't know. And that is something that is very difficult for me. Because I didn't know for the longest time and I was miserable. I was so depressed. And so I thought if I could just gain more knowledge, if I could just gain more understanding, I won't ever have to worry about this stuff anymore. If I just if I just read more, if I just pray more, if I just do more, I won't ever have to fall back into the traps or the schemes of the devil. But the more that I the more that I read and the more that I know and the more the understanding I get about Christ, the more it's, it is just revealed to me how unworthy I am. And I try so hard to be worthy. And so then I think I can work my way towards worthiness if I if I can just if I can just be a little kinder to people if I can just not doubt or if I can just not do this or if I can just do this better or if I if I don't do this then that means I I did wrong or like what if I you know and I I just start kind of um, thinking myself into anxiety and then I realize oh I can't I can't work my way to Christ. And it's all about the heart. And then I, I, I guilt myself into, oh, well, you should have known that. Yeah, you should know this. Why are you doing this? And this is just a, sometimes this is just a cycle that, that I go through. And I really hope I'm not the only one. But this is stuff that I still struggle with. These are thoughts that I still have to take captive. And it, it, it feels like I, I, I drive myself crazy um, fighting my flesh. Like I said, some days it's easy. It's just shut up, flesh, go away. And it, I read my Bible and I'm fine. And then there are other days where I, I read my Bible and my phone just dings and then I, I get onto it and then I, I start scrolling and then I feel bad that I, I interrupted my time with the Lord. And, or sometimes I, I open my Bible and I'm reading and I cannot focus for the life of me. Or that I open my Bible and I just start reading stuff and it, I just sometimes I just don't want to hear it. And I really feel like this, it makes me sound like I'm a horrible Christian, but I feel like there's people out there who have these same thoughts. And I just want you to know you're not alone. I love Jesus and I have a heart after the Lord. And I'm, I'm so glad to say that my, my flesh did not win and it has not won. Because I, I have been in my Bible every day, and because I'm in my Bible, and because I know the Word, I know the truth, that it's a lot easier to to pull up the promises of God and to and to kind of like a lawyer in a courtroom, right? Where he's he's my defender, and the Word of God is my defender against the persecutor, and that my de- my defense is way stronger than the prosecution because of the promises in the Scripture of God. But sometimes that that prosecutor Satan feels like he makes a like a very valid case against me and it takes everything in my in my soul and in my spirit and in my flesh to not listen to not even entertain it to not even listen to the lies that the devil has told me and 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, I was talking about works, and he says that is another scheme of the devil, is religious works. That the devil wants you to believe that you ha- the only way to get to Christ is to work your way there. And he said that is a lie, a scheme, and a trap that the devil sets in church to keep people from me, is to make them think that they have to work toward me because it's impossible to work towards Christ. And he said, that's why I had to make it so simple to just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord. And this week I had a lot of anxiety, like a lot. I struggle with anxiety, um, not as often as I used to. It's definitely gone down a lot um, ever since I really started walking in the ways of Jesus. Um, a lot, a lot, I used to have anxiety attacks every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. Um, I remember the first time I had an anxiety attack, I literally thought um, I was suffocating because um, I was breathing so hard and hyperventilating so fast, like I just could not get enough oxygen in. Um, I, I can't even tell you the last time I've had an anxiety attack, um, but I've had anxiety. <laughs> and so there are some days uh, where I just wake up and I, I'm just nervous, where I just feel like the sky is going to fall, right? And maybe you guys are like that too. Sometimes you just, you know, you just wake up and you're like, okay, I feel like something bad is going to happen today, but I don't know what. And there's just like this feeling of nervousness or doom or darkness. And so on that day, on those days, I just going to be like, no. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, towards the Lord, thoughts of peace. So I'm like, okay, he gives me peace. The devil is the one that's giving me anxiety. Like God does not give me anxiety. He does not give me fear. He does not give me hatred. He does not give me all of these negative things. It is only Satan that is doing that. So what what part of my life am I anxious about? What part of my life today am I so nervous about? Um, and usually that's what Satan's trying to attack. Or on the days where um, I, I just feel sad for no reason, right? I still have joy in the Lord, but sometimes you're still going to be sad. Um. Or there are some days where I just look into my future and I have no idea what God is calling me to. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to move. I don't know if I'm supposed to, you know, look here. I don't know if I'm supposed to look there. I don't know um, what God is calling me to do. And it makes me nervous because I want to do what God tells me to do, but I'm just so afraid I'm going to miss it. But then Joshua 21, 45 says, not, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every single one was fulfilled. So I have to tell myself, okay, if he's promising me this, I have to realize that not one of his promises have failed. That everything that he has said he's going to do, he's going to do it. So even though I can't see it right now, I know it's going to happen. And when I feel really sad or depressed or feeling uh, really, really lonely, um, it's easy to try, it's easy to just kind of sit in that and just allow yourself to feel sorry for yourself or to feel those feelings. But I, I have to tell myself that my feelings are not factual. If I, if I base everything in life around my feelings, my life is going to go into chaos real fast. And so on those days where I feel lonely and that I feel like no one sees me, Joshua 1.9 says, this is my command, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So even in those moments where I'm sad, even if in those moments where I feel like I'm alone or that I'm, that no one sees me, that he does.
or in the times where Satan is trying to tell me, did God really tell you he was going to do that? Well, it's been a, it's been a really long time or, you know, he told you he was going to do this, but it's been two years and it hasn't happened. You know, maybe, maybe he's just not, maybe he changed his mind. But Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Sarah was told, Abraham and Sarah were told by God that they were going to have a son, even though they're like, they're, she couldn't number one, have children. She was barren. And then number two, she was like 90. So she really couldn't have children. And then God's like, no, you're going to have children. Like you're going to have a son. And from that son, you're, you're going to become the father of all nations. And I'm going to make your descendants more numerous than the, the, the grains of sand or the stars in the sky. And then his, his promise wasn't fulfilled for like years later. I read somewhere that it was like, like 20 years passed or something like that. But she, she still had her baby. She still was pregnant. She was still like, it was something absolutely, absolutely miraculous. And so I have to think of, I have to think of those things. Or when, when David was anointed king, when he was like 14, but then he spent years hiding in caves and didn't become king for decades later. And so like there are certain promises that the Lord has told me, but it's like they, they have yet come to pass. And so sometimes it's really easy for me to be like, you know what, he'll do it for somebody else, but he might not do it for me. But then I have to realize, okay, what did Sarah do? How long did it take David to become king? What did he promise Jacob? What did he promise Mary? You know, what did he, what did he say to this person or to this person or these people of faith? Like, what did he tell Noah? You know, he told Noah to build a boat and it hadn't rained in forever. Like, like the, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it says that that generation never saw rain ever. And then all of a sudden he tells Noah to build a boat that all of a sudden he's going to like open up the skies and all of this rain and water is going to come. But like no one had seen rain ever but Noah still had to build the boat and he still had to believe that God was going to say what he was going to do. And then on those days where I feel like I have just messed up one too many times that, you know, I I tried, but I still messed up and God's going to be super mad at me and that, you know, he, he told me to, to, to fix this and I still messed up and I still did it. And I, I just, I, I should just know better and I should just get it right. And that, he's probably up there shaking his head and shaking his finger at me and you know, that he's, he's angry at me. But then Isaiah 54 10 says, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed yet my unfailing love or kindness. Some, some say, some say for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace will be removed says the Lord who has compassion on you. This is why we have to be in our word every day. Because if we don't know the promises of God, when the devil comes to try to take us out, when our own flesh tries to take us out, when our own mind tries to take us out, when your coworker tries to take you out or the world or, you know, whatever. If we don't know the word of God, we can't do what I'm doing right here. This is how I feel, but this is what God says this is what the devil says about me, but this is what God says about me. So that's why it's so important to be in our word every day. And I'm so glad that I'm in my word every day. Sometimes I'm really in my word and other times I'm just like, Oh, can I, I just, I have so much to do. I just need to get this through. But I know that because I'm in my word every day, that it is a weapon that I can, I can use against the devil's schemes to derail his traps to do, to derail the train of, of evil that he is trying to bullet straight at me. And on the days where I feel like my life has no purpose or I have no road, or I I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to, or if I just feel like, um, what I do in this life does not matter. 
Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God knows what he has planned for us. He knows the path that we're on. (laughs) The Holy Spirit just said, I'm not surprised by anything you do. (laughs) That's actually really refreshing. He says, you know, you, you might be like, oh, darn it. I didn't know I was going to do that. I didn't know I was going to say that. Or like, I don't know what's going on. Or, you know, or you, you feel like you've, you took a, a too many steps off the path. God was like, do you really think I'm surprised that you did that? There is nothing that we can do in this life that's going to shock God. He's not up there pacing and worrying about us worrying if we're going to do the right thing or not. It's not like he doesn't have a plan for if we go astray. He says, I know everything you're going to do before you do it, and it's not going to surprise me either way, and it's not going to make me love you even less. He just told me to so stop freaking out. (laughs) Do not fear. Romans 8, 38, 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Sometimes we just need God to love on us. In all our crazy, in all our anxiety, in and all the the depression and the the angst and the fear and the trembling and everything, sometimes we just need to know that not death or life, angels or demons, not the time now, not the future, no powers. There There is no highest of highs or lowest of lows or anything in all creation can separate us from the love of God. That no matter what we do, no matter what difficulties we face, his love is still there no matter what. And so when we feel like we're just a sucky Christian (laughs) like I've been feeling lately that even in those moments of doubt because I do doubt sometimes even in those moments of confusion that he's not surprised by what I'm feeling he knew it was going to come but he's loving me through it anyways And I can trust him with it. And that's why I really like that Hebrews 10.23 that says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. So he's going to do what he says he's going to do. regardless and that I need to rest in that you need to rest in that we need to rest in that and that it's okay to have these super high highs with God and super low lows with him as well like I said if you have a tip or a trick in order to stay in that super high high all the time let me know but that's just not how life works 
sometimes it'll feel like our flesh has been finally killed for the last time. And then sometimes it'll feel like our flesh has come back to kill us. Or we think that we have, we have finally had the last word with Satan and that he'll never try to come after us again. And then he comes after us with a bulldozer. But even in those moments of feeling inadequate or feeling unworthy, that there is absolutely nothing that can separate you from the love of God. I needed this more than you guys did, I feel like. Because this is something that I've, I've been thinking on the inside and feeling on the inside. But there is something when I, when, when I start talking about what I'm feeling that it, it, it all starts to kind of come together and mesh together. Psychology says that um, our, our body doesn't heal if we don't speak out things that we've gone through or the trauma that we've experienced or whatever we're feeling, that if we just hold it in on, on the inside, it actually starts to do things to our physical body. And so, yeah, the, lately I've, I've felt like I am a, a big doubting Christian or not a good enough Christian. And the devil wants to, to tell me that I'm worthless. And like a big thing is like he's using the podcast. And he's like, who are you to, to, to tell people about Jesus? Who are you to, to speak on this? Who are you to try to do this? Because you're, you're just like the rest of them. You know, you, you did this wrong in your past or you've done this or how could you even think that you, you can, you can teach or that you can preach or whatever when you don't have any education or like all, like this is like, and he's so, he's been really coming after me and I really, and I know it's because he doesn't like the podcast because he doesn't want me using my voice, that he doesn't want me helping people, that he doesn't want me showing people Jesus's way. Because if, if I do it, people might actually find who they are in Christ. And so he comes after my purpose and he comes after, um, my command from God to try to make me feel inadequate and less than, and no, nobody is worthy of Christ, but that's why Christ is so beautiful is because even though we were still enemies of his, he still died for us. And so when we accept him and he, he then he covers us under his grace and makes us worthy, not by our own standards, not by the world's standards. It doesn't matter how many times I pray or how long I pray or if I, if I read one chapter in my Bible or if I read 10 books in one day. You know, it doesn't matter how, how, like what I try to do, that that's, those works aren't going to cover it. And I, I know there's like some kind of confusion on like what works actually mean because it says faith without works is dead. But what it's, ta- what it's telling about, it's not like you have to work your way to earn Jesus's love. It's like if, he, if you have really accepted Christ and you have really understood the call of God on your life and that you are obedient to his word, that he fills you with so much grace and love that all you want to do is just share it with other people. Not out of obligation, not because you think you have to in order to get to a higher heaven or whatnot, that you love Jesus so much and that he has done so much for you that all you can do is try to lead people to that same love and same peace. That's what it's talking about, that faith without works is dead. If you really love Jesus, if you are really a disciple and a follower of Christ, your life will reflect that that you will be a servant to others just as Christ was. But it's not saying that you can't have faith if you don't read your Bible every day, if you don't pray for a certain amount of time, or if you don't say the right words. You know, that's not what it's talking about. Y'all, I, like, this, this is what I needed. <laughs> and I just... Now I understand why the Holy Spirit wanted me to record. 
Number one, because he's like, people need to be vulnerable and show what it's like to go through these highs and lows. And then two is, I think he just wanted to love me and calm my fears. I'll never be perfect. I'll never get enough knowledge on this earth. I'll probably go up to to heaven one day and it'll all make sense then. But that's that's the goodness of God is that um, he is so vast and he is so big that I will spend the rest of my life just trying to get a little bit of knowledge about him and that he is so vast and so great that I, I can't figure everything out. And that's okay. Because if I could figure everything out, I wouldn't need him. He wouldn't be God. I'd be God myself. And so that's kind of peaceful. Is that I don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to feel like you're on like this super high roller coaster faith that sometimes it's okay if you feel like you've plummeted. But he has promises for those for those places. I mean, he 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 spoke to me just as much as he spoke to you th- through this recording. Like guys, I like I really needed this. The devil is stupid. <laughs> I know that sounded childish, but like that's exactly what he wanted me to do. Is to get so freaked out and so anxious and so overwhelmed that I thought my own self into my own demise. Because some, I mean, sometimes Satan doesn't do all the work in order to, to make us plummet. Sometimes he just gives us a little push and then we take over the rest. It is so easy for me to overthink myself and in, into anxiety and fear. But all Satan has to do is just give me one little thought that I can just meditate on. And then it turns into the anxiety and the fear. And sometimes I feel so stupid for falling into that trap again. But now at least I know the promises of God. When I first gave my life back to Christ um, and really understood what it meant to be a follower of Christ, I listened to a pastor today in um, Salt Lake City. He's, I think, is Jason Parrish. He's a, a, a pastor at the church called The Well. And he said today in his message that some people want the will of God, but they don't want the way of God. It's really easy to be like, oh, yeah, I want, I want God's will for my life, but we don't walk in his ways. And we have to walk in his ways in order to get in his will. Um, but when I actually started walking in his ways... I still kept messing up, but once I started realizing who he was, and the only reason I realized who he was is by reading my Bible every day, that I started to actually understand how to fight the devil. And that is through scripture and through God's word. Because the most vulnerable are the ignorant. The ones that are the easiest for Satan to entrap are the ones that don't know the truth. So sometimes the truth is going to make you real mad. I'm sure the, the episode we released last week was probably really difficult for some people to hear, and I probably lost some followers, but that's okay. But we have to know the truth 
in order to recognize the lie. I just, I just feel on my spirit to pray right now. So I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for your compassion on me today. Thank you for your compassion on those listening today. Thank you for understanding that we're going to have these highs and these lows. And that no matter what low we're at, you're still there. That neither nor height nor depth nor angels or demons or in the present or in the future or anything is going to take us out of your love. Thank you for not being surprised when we do something stupid. Thank you for being a God that knows every single step that we're ever going to take in life and having a purpose and a will for that life no matter what. Thank you for being a God we cannot figure out. Thank you for being a God that is big enough to pull us out of our lowest depths and bring us to peace. Thank you for being a God that never fails. Thank you for being a God that keeps his promises. Thank you for being a God that does not pace and worry about what we're going to do down here, that no matter what happens, you're in control. Thank you for your grace. And thank you that no matter what the devil tries to throw at us, that you have already won and that you have already defeated him. Thank you for your word that that we can recognize truth and that we recognize the lie and that you you don't just send us out here <laughs> naked and afraid <laughs> like that stupid show that you actually clothe us with armor and you give us the weapon of your word in order to fight off the evils of this world Thank you for making us worthy. Jesus, thank you for making us worthy. Thank you for recognizing that there is not a single thing that we can do on this earth in order to earn your love, so you just gave it freely. Thank you for rec- for recognizing that I would be too stupid and stubborn in order to to figure it out on my own, that you made it so simple for me. That you made it so simple for everyone. Thank you for being the Prince of Peace. Lord God, I just pray that anyone who's listening to the sound of my voice, that you will give them comfort and that you will give them peace and that you will calm that mind that's going a thousand miles a minute. And that you will remind them that you are with them. Lord, I pray that you give us the strength to look the devil in the face and and to stand on your word stand on your promises and that nothing that the devil tries to to scheme against us or throw at us or or lie to us that that we can stare at him in the face and say liar and that his words and his schemes and his plots will not shake us but thank you for being the god that even if they shake us that you're going to pick us off pick us off of the ground dust us off and make us better, and make us stronger. Lord, I pray for the person that has anxiety right now. I pray that you give them your strength. I pray that you give them peace. Lord, I pray for the person that is struggling with depression. I pray that you give them your joy, and that you show them that you bottle every tear, and not one is lost, 
and that all of our wanderings are recorded in your book. Lord, I pray for somebody who's going through, through grief, through loss, whatever that looks like, that through this grief and through this loss that you are still there, that you are the comforter, and that you are still there. Lord, I thank you for being there in the darkest moments, and I thank you for being there in the, in the highest and brightest moments of our lives as well, and that there is not one place in our life that we go that you will not be with us. Thank you, Lord, for calming my fears today. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me who I am to you. And that you don't want me living in fear. You don't want me living in anxiety. Lord, I just pray that whether they listen when this is released or, or in the future, that right now in this moment that you just give them your peace and that they can just feel your presence as I can feel you now in this room. Thank you for being a God who wants to be with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.